Three Step Systems Podcast number 20. Kevin Malin from Virtual Coworker telling us about how to outsource the right way. Welcome to the Three Steps Business Podcast, where we aim to help small business owners understand the whole online marketing craze and dig into specific actions you can implement to take your business to the next level. Grab a cup of coffee, glass of water, or a pen and paper if you'd like to take some notes and get ready for the ride of today. Podcasting from his home office in the North Shore of Sydney, Australia, here is your host, George Gasker. Hey guys, it's George or Jorge here from the Three Step Systems Podcast. And today we have this great interview that I had with a very good friend of mine. His name is Kevin Mallon. He runs a company called Virtual Coworker here in Australia, and they focus on helping small businesses and, uh, and online businesses to outsource their non-core activities to the Philippines. So uh, he's going to be sharing with us why the Philippines is the right place to be outsourcing your activities for people here in Australia or in America even. But not only that, but really what is behind outsourcing and how to do it correctly. Because when you outsource, it could be actually a headache or it could be a really good thing for your business. It depends how you do it. And if you do it the right way, it's going to really help you, your business to take off and to really go to the next level just by outsourcing those non-core activities that we all do. For example, setting up meetings and, you know, following up, sending follow-up emails and all these kind of things that, you know, can be done by somebody else. And at the end of the day, those activities are the ones that are taking us away from being in front of we of our idea clients and you know be being growing the revenue of our business and if you are an online business it's gonna taking is taking you off the right activity that you should be doing should be promoting your business and for example not just setting up you know things behind it like creating videos and editing and doing all these kind of things you, so those are activities that you can outsource so this this not a science behind, but it's just a matter of outsourcing it the right way and doing the right things. So with no more introductions, let's just dig in into this interview with Kevin Marlin from Virtual Coworker. Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me first off, Jorge. Yeah, essentially what we do is we help you know business owners grow their business by outsourcing some of the the non-essential tasks and, and daily, you know, administration needs to to staff in the Philippines. Okay, awesome. So, what I guess one of the questions that probably many people have around outsourcing is um, why you should outsource first of all. Yeah, I think firstly the main thing that you want to think of is it's really meant for comp for business owners to be able to work on their business rather than in their business. So with, with people in Australia, um, you want, you know, the value, the most valuable client facing roles to be in Australia, the ones that are making you sales, the ones that are, you know, speak with your clients on a daily basis. But there's a lot of, a lot of administration and back office tasks that you could easily have someone do in a place like the Philippines that, you know, is, is very cost effective. Um, so it's about outsourcing the, the, the things during the day that don't co- directly contribute to, you know, your, your bottom line that will help you, you know, give you more time to focus on really creating those relationships and, and building your business and your revenue and all of that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the main thing. Yeah. So really that's, um, 
that's really one of the main things that business should be doing really i mean not, i'm not talking about outsourcing but it's really focusing on working on the business instead of in the business mm -hmm. a lot of the times and I, I i found the same thing myself so i was spending a lot of time for example updating my blog and you know all those um, little things like copying and pasting and stuff that you could outsource very easily and that take a lot of your time like you know all these small tasks they start adding up into what you do and when you realize when you because i did actually the exercise of adding, adding them up in, in my time in my week and it was taking me about between four to five hours a week mm. to do these little small tasks like you know send a follow-up email for example exactly and, uh, yeah. and things that could be done of trying to set up a meeting which somebody else can can, can be doing all those things. yeah and the thing you'll see is all these you don't you don't realize it till you actually sit down and think about it is all these little tasks that you do do on a daily basis they really do add up so whether it's you know the data entry or filtering emails um or just doing basic research all these things that most business owners would do on a daily or weekly basis. They really do add up to become a huge chunk of your time during the week. So it's really helpful if you're able to find someone who's able to do it just as good as you um, for a fraction of the price. It really helps you be able to focus on the things that are going to grow your business, um, such as, you know, joint ventures and partnerships and, and finding new customers. Yeah. Um, so that, that, yeah, that is the main goal. Yeah, of, uh, yeah for sure. So, yeah, that's... um. Talking about like you know someone who can do it as best or uh, better that you could exactly right? yeah so uh, that's that's interesting because we are uh, probably a lot of people you know it's, it happened to me we are like sort of very strict and kind of perfectionist on what we do mm -hmm. and that's why a lot of the times we just keep that to ourselves and like, we say okay no I'll do it myself because I'm the only one who knows how to do it mm -hmm. right so that would be okay so the solution is to pretty much get somebody to help you out with those sort of things yeah. But how do you get to do all those things? Like, you know, these, yeah, you and that's, somebody and replace yourself very easily. That's yeah, that's the toughest part, I think, for most people. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, how many thing, these things you have. Uh, if you go ahead and hire someone to do these things, but you don't know how to delegate the task, you'll get nowhere. So that that is definitely key before you hire any sort of, you know, virtual assistant or, or any staff in general, regardless of whether they're in Australia or, or somewhere else. You really need to know... You know, the task that A, you want to delegate to someone and B, know how to delegate it to these people and C, know how to manage, manage the staff to make sure that, you know, they're doing things right and training the staff to make sure, especially at the beginning, that they know how to do these things mm -hmm. and to answer any questions they might have at the beginning. Um, about these tasks. So then you can, if you, if you address this all in the beginning, say the first two weeks to the first month, mm -hmm. um, it makes it so the rest of your engagement with this employer, with this worker is completely smooth, um, as seamless as possible. And it makes it so you can really build that trust, that trusting relationship with that staff, especially if they're remote, that is key to make it, you know, as close to having someone in the office as possible. Yeah. So why would you think like a lot of people when they hear outsourcing, to the Philippines or any other country or India or whatever it is, they always say, I tried it, it didn't work. Yeah. But would you think is that like the main problem why it doesn't work for some of us? Yeah, I think, I think for, for most people in the majority of the time that it does fail, I mean, there's a few main reasons. The first and biggest reason I see is, is a lack of communication. Um, a lack of communication, a lack of management. So basically, 
with a lot of people, what happens is when they do hire a virtual assistant, um, for one reason or another, they expect it to be an end-all solution without putting any work into it, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't the case. Any any Anyone you hire should have the skills and you know qualifications able to do the tasks, but you still need to manage them appropriately and train them appropriately so they know how you want – so they know how to work with your systems. They know how to work with you. Um, they understand how you want things done. Um, if you go into it and you don't put in that initial management effort um, and the staff goes into their engagement blindly, they're not going to do a great job. Along with that, you know, communication, especially when you're dealing with Phil- Filipino assistance, is mm-hmm. massive. Um, you know, it's, it's just as simple as getting in touch every day, having a chat with them. You know, like I said earlier, I keep pointing to this, harping on this point, is the first few weeks is critical. So the more communication you put into this and the more effort you put into this relationship at the beginning, the less work you have to put in down the road and the less, you know, issues there will be down the road and the more um, this relationship will really blossom Mm -hmm. to be just like you had any other staff. So it's just about, you know, um, pinging them once a day, even, even just once a day, just, you know, saying hi in the morning. How are you? Like, make sure they know what's on the agenda for today. Make sure everything's clear. You know, having a set a set meeting once a week to go over what you did the week before to go over what you're doing this week you know what worked last week what didn't work what can we do better it's all these things that not only improve efficiency and improve output um, but also help build that relationship and rapport between you and your staff which ultimately is the biggest motivational factor for them to to come to work and and work for you every day Um, and and that's 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 how you make it work, and those are some of the. When you don't do those things, those are the main pitfalls you you see when so it when it doesn't work. Say it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, well, a lot of the problems that I found when when I tried to outsource before is that um that you need to know what you want to outsource. So mm-hmm. you need to first work on yourself and get um and get clarity of what you want to do. That's completely right. Yeah, and then you will be able to get somebody with that specific skill set. Of what you want to to outsource, yeah. Before, before you actually contact you or contact anybody or even yeah. freelance or Autodesk or any other, all, all these different places. Yeah, that's a great point, and and definitely one I didn't mean to neglect. I mean, bef- communication and, and, and management is obviously huge, but before you even begin to try to find someone um, to find a virtual assistant, obviously you need to you really need to prepare a job description and know exactly what you're looking for. Um, because you bring up a great point. A lot of the times when it does fail, it's because people have a vague understanding of what they're outsourcing. I think the key to this is you really need to sit down and create a list of everything you think you need help with um, and then decide the best way to go about it. Because the fact is, you know, if you need help with social media, you need help with admin, you need, you need, you need graphic design work, you need a number of things. You don't want to go into it thinking you can find one person to do everything. Mm-hmm. And the problem is a lot of people will, will look for virtual assistant to be a universal resource when when it just doesn't work like that. I'm guilty. I yeah. did that. I yeah, tried see, to get somebody it, it, it happens. To, to, to do everything and, of course, failed. So we had a very bad relationship at the end. Exactly. But that was when I realized, okay, so he wasn't. she wasn't good on social media and that's why she was failing on that bit. But it was part of my, I guess that's part of my learning as well. To understand mm-hmm. that um, not everybody was good on, on everything, mm-hmm. and um, and I guess I didn't give enough guidance of what I wanted. So of course, if you don't have the guidance, the the output is not what you expect. Yeah, and um, I guess written 
part of what, of what I found that it worked for me is written procedures yeah. and systems are somehow mind maps or anything, any kind of system that you, that you use to uh, record things. Yeah. I think that uh, that helps a lot and you probably new experience you will share with yeah, us. Yeah, 100%. Like having processes for every single different type of situation is huge. Mm-hmm. Like it makes it, it makes it so much easier to work with people and so much easier to... To not monitor what they're doing, but to know that they're doing the right thing. I think it's 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 a bit it's really preventative a lot of processes and procedures you would have. Um, but on the other hand, also procedures for training people. So you know, teaching people how how to how to use your Google Drive or how you want spreadsheets done, or you know what to do if this happens, what to do if that happens. It's all stuff you need to consider and think about when you're entering a remote working relationship with someone. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that um that I wanted to, to bring up with here. So it's basically, I mean, you, Kevin, and Richard Coworker itself is a great example on how to be able to work remotely pretty much with a whole team of people of all 10 plus outsourcers, pretty much well, they're working with you in your company full-time, but they're mm. all based in the Philippines. So I guess it's important to highlight that you know here because uh, a lot of the people, they say, oh, but I have one, and it's very difficult to manage one. Yeah. How can I get two people with two different skills? How can I do that? So you probably can help us, you know. Yeah, well, I think some sort of advice. Yeah, it's really, it's really like learning any sort of skill, right? Once you, once you get the processes down and understand how to manage one person, it makes it extremely easy to scale your team and get multiple people. Um, if you go into the first person without set processes and procedures, it may work out, but then when you scale your team, it will be very hard to duplicate the success. Mm-hmm. So by having everything set in place at the beginning, it makes it so after, you know, your second staff, you know how you're going to manage them and train them. Your third staff, you know how you're going to manage them and train them. Your fourth staff, maybe it's you or someone else that's going to manage and train them, but there's going to be processes on how to do everything. Yeah. Um, and then you just keep scaling up from there. Like it, for every person we add, it's, it's no, um, you know, it doesn't take any, any of my time up anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't take up, any of anyone's time except for their direct manager who's Filipino who we've trained so it's just about getting rock stars in the right position um, and getting people you sincerely trust like you would anyone in Australia in these positions so you can when you do hire staff and they're under their wing of the company you can trust that they'll that they'll manage them and they'll train them appropriately it takes all the yeah it takes all the work out, out of your hands if you put that work into your first few hires Okay, so if we put that into a step-by-step sort of a version, so we've been talking about, like, you know, setting up processes and all this. So if we put this into a step-by-step version, would you agree that first step is really looking at yourself, what you do, the priorities that you have to work on, and what you can actually delegate out of that? Mm-hmm. What are the, like, your, um, you know, your non-core activities that you could give to somebody else? Yep. And out of that, sort of a create a skill set for that person. Mm-hmm. And then... After that, is pretty much creating the system to be able to train that person, mm-hmm. and then get it, get the person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, exactly. You don't want to do it the other way around. Um, if you hire the person and then try to create the processes, it'll. By the time it takes you to get to that point, odds are something will have gone wrong with you or with the staff or with the relationship. So you need to, you need to really hammer that down before you even look into hiring someone and before you even look into you know posting a job or um interviewing people so it's really those four steps that you reckon is gonna make you know the solid 
solid uh, structure for you to be able to outsource anything that you do. Yeah, those are basically the pillars. Yeah. That's what will support the system. And then there's a multitude of things you need to do after you hire someone to make it all work. Yeah, of course. So you want to share some of those things that you can do afterwards? Yeah, so as I said earlier, the the, the two main things, obviously, are after you hire someone, managing them. Um, you know, don't go into the relationship thinking because they're a virtual assistant, you know, that you don't need to put any management time into it. That's that's completely false. You won't, I mean, to be fair, you won't need to babysit anyone, right? These are all skilled professionals, but you will, especially at the beginning, put in that management time um, until you really build up that trust and that you could let them let him work every day without you having to, to check in on certain things. So that that's obviously a big one. Communication, as I said, is another huge one. Um, just besides the whole the whole aspect of you know communicating with them around jobs or tasks or what's being done, it's just it creates a relationship um, that you know you can't substitute a relationship with someone. You get you get harder working employees when you communicate with them. Um, they'll buy in more to your company and what you're trying to do and the value offering you're adding to your clients. And generally, you'll just get staff that are more happy and excited to come to work. And when you get that, um, that's when you get the really good people. So along with that, to, to make it really work is to treat just everyone like they're part of the team. That's, uh, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but so many people neglect it. I think when, when you're working with remote-based assistants, especially when they're in a different country and they're getting paid a lot less than you would pay someone here, it's easy to neglect them and not think of them like you would an Australian employee. That's just human nature, but it's the wrong way to go about it. Um, you need to realize that, you know, all of these people treat this as their career um, and you should be treating this as seriously as they are. And the more you put into them, into them and include them in your company's culture, whether that's, you know, including them on team emails or team, team meetings and phone calls or, you know, giving them shout outs when they do things well or, you know, letting them know happy birthday, you know, give them a call. It's those simple things that, that go a long way, and um, they're very they they might seem like intangible things, but they they go a long way into making your staff happy and excited and you know wanting to learn. Which ultimately, all those things together make it so you get a virtual assistant that is very good and is a rock star and is and wants to keep learning. Yeah, of course, and you want to say your business, and they they're not looking for um, exactly you know, for other you want, hours outside yeah. or anything, and then. It, they start neglecting actually your activities for um exactly for it doesn't matter whether someone's in the office in australia a virtual assistant in australia or a virtual assistant in the philippines wherever they are the you need you really need people to buy into what you're doing buy into your leadership buy into your company buy into what you sell provide etc um because without that you you just don't get it uh you don't get staff who are excited or, or motivated or in turn, you won't get staff who are loyal. So yeah, that's very true. I guess it's all about loyalty and getting you around. You know, you like a proper employee, even though they're yeah, which is a big right. thing because you know they're all working remotely from the Philippines, like or with, with us at least. So they could be regardless of where they're working, they could be re working remotely from anywhere. Um, but if you don't get that loyalty, it, it's quite easy for them, you know, without having to come to office to quit to quit the job and find a new client. Like there's plenty of. Um, there's plenty of places these staff can try to find jobs, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's important, you know, to, to make sure that when you find the, the right person, you treat it, you treat it as if you would treat any hire in Australia yeah, and you put that investment into it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that's, that's really key. And that's, uh, that's what I've been working with me 
in my experience, so I've got um, a cotton like you know a proper uh, three steps business dot com address, email address that they can email um, yeah. outside um, you know the business and everything, and that's where we communicate and they have their own. Uh, for example, Google Drive, Google Apps, so they will have access to their own folders. They can, yeah. you know, use that as 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 part of their their uh, proper job. So what they are doing. So um, yeah, that's definitely part of it. So I guess the next question is why the Philippines? Okay, for us, basically, um, so all, the way we're set up, right? We're an Australian company. Uh, I'm based in Sydney, but all of our staff. Um, internally and all the staff we get for our clients are all based remotely in the Philippines. Um, and I think initially the reason we chose to go in the Philippines and the reason we're only hiring staff there is firstly, obviously, you know, um, the cost of labor there is obviously a lot cheaper than Australia, right? The um, cost of living in the Philippines is very low. So, you know, staff can have a good standard of living on, on five or six dollars per hour. That's, that's just how it is there. So it's a huge value add to companies in Australia because now you're able to, you know, pay a bookkeeper, pay a virtual assistant, you know, six, seven, eight dollars per hour with someone you'd be paying here at 25 to 30 dollars per hour. Yeah. So for a lot of these, you know, startups and small to medium sized businesses, you know, it really helps them put staff in place that they wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise um, to help them grow their business. So I think that's obviously the, the, the biggest factor when you look at hiring someone is the price point. And then, you know, but there's, yeah, there's cheap people everywhere, all around the world. So why the Philippines? The first thing is their English skills are very good. So a lot of them grow up from the age of, you know, three, four, learning English. Like it's huge there. They're a very westernized country. Um, they're, they're very Americanized for, for better or worse. Um, but what, what it does is it makes it so culturally, they're very similar to how we are here. Yeah. Um, compared to you go somewhere like India for outdoor staff, culturally, they're, they're very different. I mean, typically their English just isn't as good. So with people in the Philippines, their accents are minimal, um, you know, and, and they understand how to communicate and get along with with, with colleagues and, and bosses in Australia. Um, so that's the second thing. The third thing is there's a massive supply of educated um, labor in the Philippines. So there's 400,000 to 500,000 university graduates a year. Um, which means that there's just a huge amount of skilled people for all sorts of different roles. Um, so it's really, it's not hard to, um, to find someone who's just as good as someone you might find here, which at the price point, um, it's, it, it makes it amazing if you can make it work out. So you've got really skilled people who speak great English, who understand how to work, um, and interact with people in Australia and they're working on a wage that's typically, uh, 70 to 90% of the cost of someone you'd hire here. Yeah. Um, so all those things combined with how nice the people are all the, um, in the Philippines. Generally, they're so nice, very loyal. They're very hardworking. Um, you know, they're very process driven as well. So if you tell them what to do, that they, they will go out and do it. Um, and it, it, it makes it so if you find the right person, you'll get a staff that you'll li- literally have around, you know, for the existence of your company. So I guess you just touching very in a very important topic there, which is finding the right person. Yeah. So we've been talking about setting up processes, finding what you need to outsource, and all all these steps that the four steps you basically need to have as a pillars for being yeah. able to outsource. But I guess the most difficult thing is finding that right person for you. Yeah. Which yeah, there's obviously a lot of a lot of places to find good staff. Um, 
And the biggest thing, as we spoke about earlier, is understanding what you need before you actually go out and, and do the search. Um, once you have all those things done, it really comes down to, you know, what you're looking for. So, I mean, you know, if you're looking for as staff on an as needed basis, you know, more casual, um, short term projects, small, small stuff, um, then you're better off going to one of the freelance marketplaces such as, you know, Odesk or Freelancer, Elance. Um, those are very good for finding talented staff for, for shorter term stuff or as, or on an as needed basis. Um, the key with those is to really, to have a great job, great and clear job description before you post anything and have a plan for how you're gonna, for how you're gonna filter candidates, um, and how you're gonna interview people because the problem with those websites is a lot of the times for each job you post, you'll get, you know, 50 to 100 applicants, which <laughs> if you're not a recruiter uh, or you don't, or you're not great at hiring staff, it makes it, it makes it very hard to, to find the right person because you're getting 100 people saying they can do the job. Um, so the turnover on those sites is quite high, but if you, if you know what you're looking for and you know how to interview them and that sort of thing, you can make it work. Um, if you're using, if you're looking for more of a long-term staff, such as, you know, an ongoing staff member working for you on a daily basis, um, I generally believe what, what we do is the best option for that. Um, essentially what virtual coworker does is, we work with you to get a job description of what you're looking for. And then we have a recruitment team that's based in the Philippines that will actually go out and source and screen, interview, and reference check candidates to try and find you something that tailor fits exactly what you're looking for. Um, so for, for more of the ongoing roles, uh, you know, what, for what we do, it, it makes it a lot easier to find a genuine team member. Yeah. Um, so because we don't take any short-term or ad hoc projects such as the ODES and the freelancers would – um, the staff that are coming to us are really looking for a stable job and they're not looking to have five or 10 clients. They're looking to, you know, grow with one or two companies max, um, uh, for the foreseeable future. So, you know, you'll tend to get more reliable, trustworthy and, and loyal employees that way. Um, but it really just depends what you're after. Honestly, you know, regardless of the type of role you're going out, you're, you're looking for. Um, the key thing really is, after you know you put together the job description and that sort of thing is is to understand how to interview someone so you know it's a it's a it's a bit different with um when you're interviewing remote based staff compared to office staff because you don't you don't see them in person so it's harder to you know understand whether you know they're lying or they're telling the truth or you know their personality so obviously the first thing you need to do is do a Skype interview and have it be a video interview I think that's big. You don't want to just do it via voice um, because it's harder to get a feel for how the person is. Um, so that's the first thing I do. And what I look for when I hire people is, firstly, English. Is it very good? Do they? Can I understand them? Can they take direction? Um, and then is this someone I want to be working with on a daily basis? So that's the key part for me because if I can find someone who speaks great English and that I like and can communicate with very well, then I know I can train them up on a lot of the things that I need done. Um, so as long as I have the skills and qualifications for the job, as long as I can communicate with them and I like talking with them, mm -hmm. I know that down the road, if they don't understand something, it will be easy for me to train them on to do it. So, so that's the big thing when, when you're looking for someone is when you do the interview, make sure it's someone you want to be working with and someone you want to build that relationship with. Um, the second thing after the initial interview, what I always recommend, regardless of the role you're looking for, whether it's short term or, or, or long term, I narrow it down to a few people, two or two or three people uh, that I that I can see working for me. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll give them a test based off, you know, what, what their role will be. Um, for instance, with the, my last sales assistant, 
Um, I basically gave two people who I really liked to test. And the test was to create a spreadsheet outlining certain companies that fit a certain profile that I was looking for that, that that's in our target market at Virtual Coworker. Um, and then create a spreadsheet outlining, you know, the, the, the CEO, their contact details, their LinkedIn, their email, et cetera, all of those sort of things. So really what I'm looking for is A, can they take instruction? B, do they have the research skills that I'm looking for in this job role? Um, and C, do they know how to create uh, an, a spreadsheet on Google Docs and that's easy to read, easy to understand? So those are the three main things that, that were in this job description. And then what I do is I see who does it better. Um, I time them and, and, and time doesn't matter as much, but if you find someone that does it very good and they do it efficiently, that's, that's who you want to hire. Um, so those are the, the, that's how I, I, I would go about finding, finding the right person. The right person. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it really, the real takeaway of, uh, of this, um, somebody who's listening to this podcast is really getting into those processes, um, the strong, have a strong process in place for your business, understand where is, uh, where the, where is that you need help. Yeah. First of all. And, um, and after that, yeah, once you start hiring somebody, do the right test and, you know, find the right person for, um, that is going to fit that skill set and also give them a test basically yeah. and video conference as well. Mm-hmm. So making sure you, you have a feel of that person. Yeah. Cause you want to obviously test their skills. Um, but you also want to make sure, which is just as important that, you know, they fit in your company's culture, um, that they're a good fit for you. And then it's someone that you can see, you know, working for you um, long term, someone that you want to be talking with on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. I think regardless if it is um, remote or if it is sitting with you in the office, it's very important you have a feel yeah, exactly. of, of the person and, you know, you can get along. Even though it's in Skype, when you can make a joke or something, it's, it becomes they become part of, a, of, of your daily basis yeah. and your daily activities. So, um, yeah, that's, that's for sure very, very important. So um yeah I think that that's really what I, what Kev had to discuss with us today <laughs> he just wanted to share his his experience his vast experience of outsourcing and all that because I think that's a very a very critical topic for someone who's starting out and for someone who's um having a small business who wants to scale at some point mm-hmm. because um you know having someone who's helping you with uh, with the repetitive tasks and daily tasks and all those kind of things that are, are taking out of your time it's uh it's critical for you to be able to get somewhere mm-hmm. because you need to be out there meeting people and getting yourself and your business known by uh first of all yourself and getting somebody behind the scenes is very important yeah okay so uh, where can they find about more more about Kevin and Richard Coworker? And if they want to know more about, of course, outsourcing, uh, how can they find you? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, our, our website's just www.virtualcoworker.com. Um, I, I'm always happy to take questions if you need advice or, or need to know how to do anything. My email is, is kevin at virtualcoworker.com. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we're, we're based in Sydney. I'm typically around. If, you know, you have any questions, feel free to give us a call, ping me, and uh, I'd be happy to help you out. For sure. We'll include all these, um, all these URLs and email addresses in the show notes. So you will be able to contact Kevin if you want to know more about outsourcing or anything related to having some help around your business. Mm. So thank you very much, Kevin. Appreciate you for having me. No, thank you for having very this fun. interview with us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. See you guys.
So there you have it. That was the interview with Kevin Mullen and all this great information is going to be in the show notes as always is in 3stepsbusiness.com. This one is forward slash TSB20. Once again, that's 3stepsbusiness.com. That's the word 3 forward slash TSB20. Twenty. So if you would like to know some more about other topics and you're, you have a special interest, just let us know and you can email me into info at 3stepsinstead.com and I will I'll be in Canton. I would love to answer to your questions and I would love to be of help and I would also love to know more about you and why not a great review in iTunes or Stitcher or um, even if you want to subscribe to our videos in YouTube, that'll be awesome. So all the links are on our website and just uh, go and check it out. Anything you will need, just email me. Thanks for listening to the Three Steps Business Podcast with George Gasker. Enjoy this podcast? If so, we hope you'll share our website, threestepsbusiness.com to your family, friends and colleagues. Make sure to check out the show notes of this podcast and other related topics in 3stepsbusiness.com. Before you go, remember, if you're not entirely clear on how to go about implementing any of these topics, contact us on info at 3stepsbusiness.com. We may be able to help.